0: You have goals. Reach them fast with IU Online's Accelerated Degree Programs. Our six- and eight-week courses are taught 100% online and can fit any schedule. Advance your career with a bachelor's in informatics. It only takes 10 minutes to apply. Earn an Indiana University degree that's valued around the world. Get started today at IU Online. new season out on Spotify soon.
1: July 27th, 1566, was a beautiful summer day in Basel, Switzerland. The Rhine River sparkled as residents returned home for their evening meals.
0: Around 9 p.m., The setting sun, still visible, thanks to Switzerland's long summer days, suddenly became dim and small. It turned blood red, basking the city in a fiery hue. The
1: residents of Basel watched in growing awe as the sunset gave way to twilight and a near full moon rose up. It, too, was blood red. This continued into the next day with the sun basking the city in shades of red and orange, as if the sky
0: itself were on fire. It was only a prelude to what was to come. Days later, at dawn on August 7th, witnesses saw a swarm of large black spheres appear before the rising sun. Dozens of orbs filled the sky, blocking out the daylight They moved rapidly, crossing paths and engaging other black spheres. A violent battle unfolded, orbs crashing into others, all silhouetted against a fierce sun. Many of these spheres appeared to burn red before disintegrating. Two reporters
1: covered the incident for the local Flugblatt, a news flyer distributed in the city. The reporters hadn't been present for the event, but they compiled several eyewitness accounts. They referred to it as a religious spectacle,
0: calling it a miracle from God. But later, UFO enthusiasts would view this encounter as one of the earliest recorded instances of extraterrestrial activity. Were alien forces battling
1: it out in the skies above 16th century Europe? And what if this wasn't even the earliest known UFO sighting? all the way back to the days of Christ.
0: Are we alone? Have we been alone? Will we be alone? Stories of alien visitation have been ingrained in human history. Alien life may not be confirmed, but our obsession with it can't be ignored welcome to extraterrestrial a parcast original i'm tim and i'm bill every tuesday we visit the marvelous and strange stories about our encounters with beings from another world we're aware that some of these tales may seem completely unbelievable
1: others may seem all too real But these stories shed light on human nature, human beliefs, and human psychology. And each story has garnered thousands, if not millions, of true believers. And for that reason, we think they're worth exploring. You can find all episodes of Extraterrestrial and all other podcast originals for free on Spotify or wherever you listen to podcasts. To stream Extraterrestrial for free on Spotify, just open the app and type Extraterrestrial in the search bar. At Parcast,
0: we're grateful for you, our listeners. You allow us to do what we love. Let us know how we're doing. Reach out on Facebook and Instagram at Parcast and Twitter at Parcast Network. And if you enjoy today's episode, the best way to help us is to leave a five-star review wherever you're listening. It really does help. In this week's one-part episode we'll look at two 16th century celestial phenomena that are considered some of the earliest recorded examples of UFOs these strange flying objects
1: emerging from the Sun in April 1561 and the summer of 1566 have been viewed differently over time initially these sightings were
0: often interpreted through a religious lens however 20th century psychologist Carl Jung reinterpreted these reports as part of the UFO archetype. And so, these early sightings, as well as other pieces of Renaissance artwork, were redefined by some as depictions of alien encounters. Extraterrestrial enthusiasts have often looked to the past in search of proof of alien life.
1: Depictions of UFO-type objects have existed in artwork for hundreds of years. Even religious paintings included inexplicable
0: references to objects in the sky. One of the earliest examples comes from an 11th-century fresco of the crucifixion. It resides in an Eastern Orthodox church and World Heritage site located in a historic town in Georgia. The Byzantine-era
1: painting depicts Jesus on the cross. But if you look closely at the background, it seems to also show two flying objects taking off on either side of the crucifix. They almost look like jellyfish with rounded tops and three prongs sticking out of the bottoms. They're angled outward and have exhaust trails beneath them. Roman guards seem to point out the objects in strange fascination.
0: Art historians argue that these shapes represented angels watching the crucifixion. However, in this time period, angels were depicted with wings and halos. What's seen here couldn't be further from the traditional image of an angel.
1: What was the unknown artist trying to convey? Is the artist suggesting that flying saucers were present at Christ's death? It's difficult to guess the true intention, but the painting continues to fuel UFO theories to
0: this day. A second fresco painting, this one from a 14th century monastery in Kosovo, also presents evidence of extraterrestrial beings. There are two flying objects in the upper corners of the painting. They look like strange, futuristic rocket ships.
1: Each is being piloted by a figure who appears to be steering
0: the flying vessel. These beings almost certainly aren't angels because they don't have halos or wings. There are other holy figures in the painting adorned with such, suggesting the flying pilots are not meant to be interpreted as divine entities in fact the figure on the right appears
1: to be wearing some kind of flight suit and is looking back at the figure on the left
0: as if he's being pursued because the object on the left is fiery red and the object on the right is silver some believe these figures represent the sun and moon however personifying these celestial bodies was considered blasphemy in the catholic church The strange imagery doesn't end
1: there. A 1486 painting entitled The Annunciation with Saint Imidius shows a pulsing circular object in the sky
0: shooting a beam of light down onto the Virgin Mary. Dennis Geronimus, an associate professor of Italian Renaissance art at NYU, believes the image symbolically represents the Holy Spirit impregnating Mary but the object in the sky bears an uncanny resemblance to a UFO.
1: Another 15th century painting, The Madonna at St. Giovannino, depicts Mary with the baby Jesus as St. John looks on. But in the background, a man with a dog looks up at a dark oval
0: shape in the sky. It pulses with rays of light. There are no wings or body parts on the object to suggest it's an angel. What's more, On the opposite side, strange tentacle-like creatures can be seen beneath the sun. It could be an
1: extraterrestrial sighting, or just religious iconography with a significance
0: that's since been forgotten. Regardless of the artist's true intent, these images have gained new meaning over the centuries and sparked debate and curiosity. Jacques Vallée, author of
1: Wonders in the Sky, believed such pieces of art introduced the UFO phenomenon into real documented history. Despite their possible religious interpretations, these early references contributed to the language and design we continue to use in describing unidentified flying objects today.
0: However, despite the strange, fascinating imagery of these paintings, there remains a seed of doubt religious imagery from that time period is notoriously strange so it's a leap to assume any object in the sky in these paintings is definitely a ufo that being said two well-documented ufo sightings from the following century are much harder to deny thanks to a pair
1: of wood etchings that immortalized witness testimony Today's alien enthusiasts can study what may be one of the world's earliest UFO
0: sightings. One of those etchings was created by 60-year-old Hans Glaser, a renowned publisher living in Nuremberg, Germany in the 1560s. Nuremberg is located in the northern region of Bavaria. In the late 13th century, it was a hub for manufacturing and commerce thanks to its central location in Europe. By the 16th century, it had developed a reputation as a cultural and business center for Western civilization. Hans Glaser specialized in a form of
1: printing that used woodcut illustrations to comment on current events. The woodcut technique allowed artists to easily duplicate their work once an image was carved into the block. As a result, prints could be sold and shared with a much wider audience. It helped revolutionize how information
0: was disseminated. Hans Glaser produced a number of woodcut illustrations on broadsheets, a precursor to tabloid newspapers starting in 1540. Glaser played an important role in recording local events in Nuremberg. And in 1561, one such event captivated the city and forever changed the human perception of the unexplained. Hans Glaser awoke at dawn on April
1: 14th and prepared for the journey into town. As he left home, something felt different. He was struck by the color of the sky. It wasn't the usual pastel colors of sunrise, but something more
0: sinister. It was glowing fiery red. Hans paused at the city gates as the sky changed again. He watched the scene unfold along with other men and women from the countryside. He looked up to see what he later called a dreadful apparition. Two blood-red semicircular arcs emerged from the middle of the sun. They looked like two boomerangs, one on top of the other. They grew in size so that the sun appeared to be crying. Tears of blood. Onlookers watched as more
1: strange crafts of various shapes and colors appeared in the sky. There were spheres of black and red, and groups that formed tubes and
0: squares. They all seemed to emerge out of the sun's light. As one witness recounted, in between these globes there were visible a few blood-red crosses between which there were blood-red strips becoming thicker to the rear and in the front, malleable like the rods of reed grass. Witnesses claim to see the long tubes
1: open and release smaller, round objects that darted around, leaving vapor trails in their wake, almost like several small
0: ships launching off a carrier plane. The orbs and spheres seemed to chase one another across the sky. Crosses and beams of light shot between them. An aerial battle was unfolding. While it's unclear how
1: many people witnessed the phenomenon, those who did watched for over an hour as hundreds of strange flying objects zipped around, crossing paths before seeming to disintegrate.
0: Then, an enormous black spear-shaped craft filled the horizon. It crashed to the ground, sending clouds of smoke and steam billowing. One account
1: said, The crafts fell from the sun down upon the earth as if they all burned, and they then wasted away on the earth with immense smoke. But searches of the surrounding countryside didn't turn up any
0: debris. It was as if the crashed ships had simply vanished. While this may sound like a World War II fighter plane dogfight, witnesses had no technological reference to explain what they had seen. Mechanical flight wouldn't be invented until the 20th century. Jet propulsion and high-powered weapons weren't even a fantasy for the people of Nuremberg in 1561. As a result, the first-hand accounts could only
1: use medieval terms to discuss what the events had looked like. As deeply religious people, the witnesses interpreted the incident as a message from God,
0: a glimpse of a divine battle between angels and demons. Hans made this analysis plain in the broadsheet that he published later that month. He concluded that the God-fearing will by no means discard these signs, but will take it to heart as a warning of their merciful Father in heaven. The witnesses described UFOs the only
1: way they knew how, as religious warnings. So, was it an act of a vengeful God, or were alien forces fighting for supremacy in the skies over Nuremberg?
0: Next, Publisher Hans Glaser writes the definitive account of the events at Nuremberg. And just five years later, another sighting takes place over Basel, Switzerland. Now, back to the story.
1: For centuries, Renaissance artwork included strange objects in the sky that bore a striking resemblance to UFOs but it was a 16th-century mass sighting in Nuremberg, Germany that led to the first recorded eyewitness accounts of UFOs. Citizen Hans Glaser memorialized the event using a woodcut print.
0: The broadsheet he published helped spread word of the event throughout the continent. As a historical document, it's been viewed by later generations as proof of extraterrestrial life. The color woodcut was
1: quite striking. It illustrated various craft flying around the sun. They're all different colors and shapes, including orbs and crosses
0: and tubes. There's even a black spear-shaped vessel in the lower left corner of the woodcut that looks like an early version of a Star Wars Star Destroyer. Plumes of smoke rise ominously from the right corner.
1: Many of the illustrated crafts have characteristics similar to later UFO sightings, like pilot Kenneth Arnold's encounter with nine circular-type crafts in 1947 and a report of a cigar-shaped object flying near an Air Force base in Maine in
0: 1975. William Burns, author of the Everything UFO book, described Hans Glaser's broadsheet as one of the most striking depictions, both in text and in art, of a violent UFO encounter. Notably,
1: broadsheets were early forms of newspapers that focused primarily on strange or violent stories. They were the 16th century's equivalent of tabloid media. They were known to dramatize and exaggerate events, no doubt to sell more copies. Many reported on astronomical phenomena, such as the aurora borealis, but depicted them through a religious filter,
0: claiming such signs to be messages from God. In the case of the Nuremberg broadsheet of 1561, Hans Glaser and other witnesses believed they had experienced, quote, "...high signs and miracles of God." The fact that it was witnessed by multiple people from different positions corroborated the event, suggesting it couldn't have been a hallucination or mass panic. What if the spheres Hans
1: described were, in fact, UFOs, and the large black triangle was the mothership? What if the residents of Nuremberg,
0: Germany, had actually witnessed a battle of advanced technology? this incredible event would be remembered for centuries to come but it was only the beginning five years later in july
1: and august of 1566 the ufos were back
0: again this time in the skies above basel switzerland It began on July 27th with residents observing strange discoloration in the sun and moon over the course of two days. A report described the sun as losing all its radiance and luster, and it was no bigger than the full moon. And finally, it seemed to weep tears of blood, and the air behind it went dark. The
1: moon also assumed a blood-red color that night, and the rising sun lit the houses and streets as if everything was blood
0: red and fiery. At dawn on August 7th, large black spheres emerged from the sun and moved with great speed around the sky. Like the
1: Nuremberg incident, these flying orbs appeared to fight each other in an
0: aerial battle, turning red when they were hit and then vaporizing After the event, reporters gathered witness statements and created a woodcut depiction. They published their report a week later. Known as the
1: Flugblatt of Basel or the Basel pamphlet, this woodcut and text described the event as historical fact. While not nearly as
0: descriptive as the Nuremberg broadsheet, the similarities were undeniable. Both events appeared to depict airship battles at a time when airships didn't exist. And both were memorialized in print.
1: As William Burns writes, with the invention of movable type in Europe, print had become the late medieval and early renaissance version of today's
0: internet. It allowed information to be spread through unofficial channels. And this is an important distinction, as the events at Nuremberg and Basel may have otherwise been suppressed by the church or government who generally controlled the flow of information. The invention of broadsheets and woodcuts allowed these strange occurrences to find their way into the public domain. Of course, these documents continued to have religious
1: overtones. They weren't seen as extraterrestrial sightings, perhaps because the term didn't exist until the mid-20th century.
0: In the 1950s, psychologist Carl Jung studied the UFO phenomenon. Jung was intrigued less by the possible existence of UFOs And more by their psychological appeal. He considered flying saucers and other unidentified flying craft as a form of modern myth-making with ideas passed down over generations. In Jung's view, the language of flying saucers originated from these early reports and became ingrained in the human psyche. UFO
1: sightings picked up in the mid-20th century once advances in human technology made mechanical flight a reality. This was also due in part to the Cold War and fears of Russian warplanes and satellites in the sky. As a result, earlier stellar depictions were viewed through
0: a new lens. Published in 1959, Jung's book, flying saucers, a modern myth of things seen in the sky examined the psychological aspects of the phenomenon that helped to establish modern UFO legends. In fact, the
1: 1561 broadsheet from Nuremberg, Germany, and the 1566 pamphlet from Basel, Switzerland, only became popular in modern culture after being reprinted in Jung's book.
0: Jung used the documents to critically evaluate UFO reports prior to World War II. In doing so, he was attempting to trace the origins of flying saucer archetypes and how they became part of modern culture.
1: For example, he found that the irregular flight patterns described in the Basel
0: pamphlet were repeated across modern UFO stories. But Jung primarily focused on the shape of the objects depicted in Hans Glaser's Woodcut. He suggested that the tubes, containing three or four spheres, were analogous to UFO motherships. He described them saying they are said to carry the smaller, lens-shaped UFOs for long distances.
1: Jung then analyzed what these features suggested about the viewer's subconscious. The large black spear shape, in his words, represented the masculine element, especially in its penetrating capacity. He found the emphasis on the cross motif to be striking, suggesting it signified a union of opposites, a crossing,
0: as well as a joining together. Ultimately, Jung decided the events at Nuremberg and Basel were natural phenomena that had been reinterpreted through a religious and militaristic lens. While he didn't go into detail on what these natural phenomena were, he focused on the symbolic nature of the reports. The tubes represented cannons and the globes cannonballs, suggesting an artillery engagement in the sky. Jung concluded that both reports
1: have clear analogies, not only with one another, but also with the modern saucer stories and with the individual products of the unconscious
0: today. Because of Jung's critical analysis, these early reports helped to establish the modern characteristics and language used to describe UFOs in the 20th century. But what of these natural phenomena that Jung failed to identify. Decades later, scientists may have found an explanation. Next, we'll examine the
1: rare atmospheric phenomena that may have been the source of the Nuremberg and Basel celestial sightings.
0: Now, back to the story.
1: After psychologist Carl Jung reprinted two 16th-century broadsheets depicting extraterrestrial battles over Nuremberg, Germany and Basel, Switzerland, UFO enthusiasts became convinced they represented some of the earliest recorded examples of alien life.
0: Unlike previous Renaissance art, which included objects in the sky without explanation, these were historical accounts of real celestial phenomena reported by multiple eyewitnesses however
1: these broadsheets were the only two accounts to come out of europe in areas that were considered hubs for distributing news and information across countries one would imagine something as monumental as an extraterrestrial battle would leave behind a larger footprint It brings into question the credibility of the reports and leads us to wonder if this was actually a hoax or misinterpretation of events.
0: In fact, some modern researchers believe they have debunked these sightings as natural phenomena. To start, we now
1: know the sky can change color based on how light travels through the Earth's atmosphere. Light waves interact with particles in the air, like dust, water droplets, and ice crystals, causing wavelengths to scatter and
0: filter out certain colors. Eileen Karenik and Joseph Shaw of the Optical Society explain in their article, Exploring the Science of Light, that within the visible range of light, red light waves are scattered the least by atmospheric gas molecules, So, at sunrise and sunset, when the sunlight travels a long path through the atmosphere to reach our eyes, the blue light has been mostly removed, leaving mostly red and yellow light remaining. The result is that the sunlight takes on an orange or red cast, which we can see reflected from clouds or other objects as a colorful sunset or sunrise. This can
1: be compounded by water droplets in cloud formations, which scatter light without much color variation. Therefore, clouds tend to
0: amplify the color of the incoming light. A blood-red sunrise or sunset is simply the result of red light waves scattering and being amplified by cloud droplets. Karenik and Shaw say that clouds act as a screen on which nature's colors are painted. This is why sunsets or sunrises are so much prettier when some clouds are available to show us the colors.
1: Light waves passing through the Earth's atmosphere can also create
0: other strange spectacles in the sky. Frank Johnson, a writer for the website Ancient Aliens Debunked, claims the objects seen over Nuremberg and Basel were the result of atmospheric occurrences known as sundogs or parhelion. These halos are the result
1: of plate-shaped ice crystals in the upper atmosphere acting as prisms. They refract and reflect light from the sun to create
0: strange patterns in the sky. These can appear in a range of colors and sometimes form arcs and crosses. Like the multicolored
1: arcs and tubes seen in Nuremberg and Basel, sun dogs often appear in pairs on either side of the sun when it's near the horizon. A similar phenomenon called a sun halo creates a full
0: circle of refracted light when the sun is higher in the sky. In addition to sun dogs and sun halos, ice crystals in the atmosphere can also cause colorful circumzenithal arcs, also known as smiles in the sky, because they look like upside down rainbows. Such atmospheric phenomena have been observed dating back
1: to the days of Aristotle, who specifically noted that sun dogs were always seen by the side of the sun, not above or below it, nor in the opposite quarter of the sky.
0: Even at the time, Aristotle understood these mock suns were caused by reflecting light. But over the centuries, these atmospheric
1: phenomena took on religious significance, In fact, a depiction of a sundog appeared in the Nuremberg Chronicle, a 1493 illustrated story of human history based on biblical passages.
0: A formation of multiple sundogs seen over Stockholm in 1535 was interpreted as a warning from God during the Protestant Reformation. Evangelical priest Ulas Petri was so troubled by their appearance that he had a painting commissioned and displayed before his congregation. This
1: 1535 Swedish painting of Sundogs over Stockholm is one of the earliest depictions of the solar phenomenon. Similarly, the events at Nuremberg and Basel were interpreted as messages from God.
0: However, while the text of the broadsheets included religious references, the artistic license taken in the woodcuts and descriptions created room for additional interpretations.
1: Frank Johnson, from Ancient Aliens Debunked, believed that the people of Nuremberg witnessed multiple sundogs and other atmospheric reflections on the morning of April 4, 1561.
0: Johnson explains how sundogs can appear as different colors and shapes, including blood-red arcs and circled plates, or halos. The tubes and rods depicted in the woodcut are part of the reflective arcs, or broken halos. The shapes are seen
1: fighting because sundogs can change shape and move based on the position of the sun, as well as what angle they're viewed from. As Johnson writes, The fighting could be as simple as one shape moving slightly and changing shape as the sun moves and appearing to push other shapes out of the
0: way. The Nuremberg broadsheet was compiled from the testimony of multiple witnesses, all of whom saw the event from a different vantage point. As a result, what were really only a few atmospheric reflections seemed to multiply and grow more complex in the retelling.
1: Johnson also notes that Glaser depicted all of the events happening simultaneously when, in fact, the incident transpired over the course of an hour. The image does not necessarily follow the narrative, but rather provides a jumbled depiction of everything seeming to
0: occur at once. Ultimately, Johnson believes Glaser also very likely took artistic license with what witnesses recounted. It wouldn't be the first time he embellished in his woodcuts.
1: Glaser had previously memorialized the sighting of an aurora borealis in 1554. When witnesses reported it as looking like knights fighting in the sky, that is what Glaser carved, presenting it literally. After all, he was in the business of selling broadsheets. Perhaps he had learned from that first experience that such creative liberties helped his
0: bottom line. This still doesn't explain the large mothership floating beneath the flying orbs. How does Johnson explain this black spear-shaped object and alleged crash which left behind a large cloud of smoke? As we explained earlier, no wreckage was ever found. This could be an example of another atmospheric condition known as a fall streak hole. The National Weather Service defines a fall streak hole as a large circular or elliptical gap that can appear in cirrocumulus or altocumulus clouds. In layman's terms, a large dark hole
1: can appear in a cloud when moisture in the air cools below freezing but the water is unable to turn into ice. As clouds move and drift, these formations can take on a variety of shapes.
0: A Telegraph article from 2009 discusses a UFO cloud formation over Romania. The article focuses on a saucer-shaped cloud that was seen in the skies just a few weeks after a similar cloud formation appeared over Moscow. It was determined that both sightings were examples of a fall streak hole. The article describes the atmospheric process
1: as such. While most of the supercooled water remains suspended in the sky, rings of ice do form and plunge to
0: Earth, leaving donut shaped holes in the cloud layer. In both Romania and Moscow, the disc shaped cloud was outlined by a ring of sunlight. The article mentions the luminous effect visible in the Russian and Romanian videos is due to the sun being low in the sky. As we know, both the Nuremberg and
1: Basel events took place when the sun was low in the sky.
0: Ultimately, Johnson believes the black spear described in the Nuremberg broadsheet was a false streak hole compounded by a crepuscular ray or a shadow that's formed when the sun has set behind an irregularly shaped cloud. That would
1: explain the dark color and appearance of smoke low on the horizon.
0: Johnson takes a pessimistic view in the end, wondering how, quote, Otherwise, normal weather events can capture the attention of a population enough to be printed news and a sign from God in a time when printing was fairly new, and then capture the attention of ancient astronaut theorists 500 years later.
1: He argues that the news media has always been driven to make money and tends to sensationalize relatively benign stories.
0: As a result, these weather events were given outsized significance and fed the public's appetite for outrageous stories. To this day, tabloid news remains a popular outlet for wild stories to masquerade as truth. One need look no further than the infamous 1993 Weekly World News headline, Hillary Clinton Adopts Alien Baby.
1: The sensational stories that came out of Nuremberg and Basel in the 16th century had a similar effect. The broadsheets memorializing the events were known to take liberties in their stories to stir public interest, further adding to the heightened mystery around the sightings.
0: As Jung and Valet would argue, the early examples set the stage for how modern UFOs are depicted and characterized. Even if they were, in fact, religious symbolism or natural phenomena, the images took hold in the human psyche and contributed to the development of modern alien myths. While there are those who believe these
1: depictions confirm extraterrestrial battles over Europe, The more likely explanation is a case of naturally occurring atmospheric phenomena.
0: With that in mind, on a scale of 1 to 10, with 10 being likely and 1 being unbelievable, we give the 16th century celestial sightings a 3 out of 10. When filtered through
1: modern UFO myth and language, these vague, otherworldly depictions took on new meanings and significance. Yet, it's easy to see why enthusiasts were taken with the woodcut prints. And the oddly specific details do give us a little pause. Maybe
0: there was more to the story. Perhaps one day the aliens will return, and they'll tell us all about our ancestors in 1500s Germany. But until that day, we'll remain skeptical
1: of the tabloids.
0: Thanks for tuning in to Extraterrestrial. You can find
1: more episodes of Extraterrestrial and all other ParCast originals for free on Spotify.
0: Not only does Spotify already have all of your favorite music, but now Spotify is making it easy for you to enjoy all of your favorite ParCast originals like Extraterrestrial for free from your phone, desktop, or smart speaker. To
1: stream Extraterrestrial on Spotify, just open the app and type Extraterrestrial in the
0: search bar. And don't forget to follow us on Facebook and Instagram at ParCast and Twitter at ParCast Network. We'll see you next time.
1: Extraterrestrial was created by Max Cutler and is a ParCast Studios original. Executive producers include Max and Ron Cutler. Sound design by Trent Williamson, with production assistance by Ron Shapiro, Carly Madden, Freddie Beckley, and Paul Mahler. This episode of Extraterrestrial was written by Greg Cohen, with writing assistance by Maggie Admire, and stars Tim Johnson and Bill Thomas.